Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday for the RDL show, the Ryan D. Lee show. In fact, the last show, I think 52nd show, before we take a little summer break, uh, yours truly is going to venture on down to uh, Mexico and uh, by myself. This is a first for me in my 45 years of life. I'm going to venture on down to Mexico by myself, a vacation by myself. No itinerary, probably going to play golf, play in the sun. Look like I probably don't need sun. I got sunburnt the last few days, but I'll wear sunscreen, Mom. I don't know if Mom watches our show or not, but if she does, I'm, I'll wear sunscreen when I'm there. All right. Uh, Jonathan Rifkin is back a amazing show sky guasco always here uh in fact i don't ever think he turns his camera off it's just on so if you ever want to pull up our youtube show at some point like at two in the morning he's probably on it talking about some sort of sports um we got into nil of course because of the huge shift and it reminded me of a story that i seemingly forgot to tell right so you know 25 years ago yeah 25 years ago a um uh, oh, the question of the day, too, is ask me anything, all right? Before we head off to vacation, we're off all next week before we get fired back up on July 19th. Uh, you can ask me anything, all right? Anything around sports, anything around thing, we'll, we'll answer it at the end of the show. So, NIL, 25 years ago, 1996, I was a sophomore burgeoning star, and agents kind of started, you know, you know, finding their way through the uh, ether to, to uh, talk to me. Well, apparently Mike Price, my head coach, had said to these agents, do not contact Ryan. Don't put him in jeopardy when the time is right, when he is firmly going to make a decision on whether to go pro or not. I'll invite you in and we'll, we'll, we'll do it together. So it was essentially he was kind of being a father figure for me, which he was always that man. But I didn't know he did that. So when agents started showing up, like the likes of Tom Condon and Lee Steinberg, they weren't, they weren't calling. They weren't showing up. So I was thinking, like, screw those guys. You know, I didn't know that they were told to stay away, and they followed my, my father's advice. Well, there was this one agent. I can't remember his name, but he had a runner. Uh, runners are guys that navigate all around sports and try to get the agent signed with, with with the player they do a lot of the on-campus stuff and and could get kind of dirty and this is this is a dirty story this is about like if name and image and likeness would have existed wouldn't even probably have the conversation with the guy well you know our, our scholarship check was for about 230 bucks if i didn't have my parents help me with my rent i wouldn't have any money after that so like no going out to the movies buying a cd um i'm old there were cds not streaming music back then itunes um None of that. But luckily for them, when I got my scholarship check each month, I had a few few shekels in my pocket, but nothing, nothing major. Um, and then you have this this agent, this uh, runner for this agent. Uh, his name was uh, uh, it's like Josh Lucas or something like that. And uh, he showed up on campus in kind of, you know, uh, the city slicker offering shiny things of gold. Right. And for for college kids, me and my roommate, Dave, 
we didn't have anything. So he kind of started handing us, uh, you know, a couple dollars here and there. And I, and I didn't really think about it. I mean, you think you're invincible and you also think this is, no one's going to find out in little Pullman, Washington. So over the next, you know, two years up until I decided to go pro, he gave me about $10,000 um, in, in money orders is how they got sent to me. A lot of times either it was in my name. I can't remember if it was in my name all the time, but I knew it. he put it in my roommate's name who was a walk-on. So it really didn't affect us. Um, but we got to, you know, got to live a little larger. Um, it didn't really change our lifestyles that much. We had a couple nicer things in the apartment. Um, but it was also kind of big time in it. And then he invited the summer before the final season start, he invited me, Dave, my roommate, my backup quarterback, and my other backup quarterback, Steve, who were both from California, down to L.A., and we were going to drive over to Vegas, have a weekend in Vegas, and then from there go down to Lake Havasu, party it up, kind of like a, it was a spring break, uh, but more near the summer. And the only reason I tell this story is like, you know, it's got to be awkward, right? You got this, I don't know how old he was at the time, but he was older than us, probably like 35, maybe. And we were all 21. Uh First off, road tripping with this with this dude, and um, we kind of I kind of looked at him as a groupie, like he was this groupie. You know, he was trying to sign me because I I I was going to be a high draft pick most likely, and that would be a huge coup for his boss because I can't remember if he had uh, become an agent yet. He would become an agent later. I know that. Well, anyway, like we go to Vegas, we party up. He gives us each gives us some money to gamble with, um, and we were like we weren't really gambling with it because we're like, this is with some money we can have for ourselves to have fun with, you know, and we have to buy beer down in Havasu. That was more important to us than anything else. Well, like after the first night, like, you know, he comes stumbling into the hotel, kind of, kind of tipsy and drunk. And he, he goes to my roommate, Dave and Steve and to me and asks if, if he could have the money back because he's had a, a rough go at it. And I remember this so blatantly clear, but Dave Muir, my roommate and my best friend to this day, looks him in the eye, then looks over at me and says, Ryan, this guy's asking for money from you and he wants to be your agent. And I thought it was the fucking funniest thing I'd ever heard. And I knew immediately right then, like I wasn't going to sign with him. I knew from the beginning a guy shady enough to give somebody money under the table like that was a guy I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not going to sign with. Um, and on we went, we went down to Havasu. There was a bunch of Stanford football players there. I got to hang out with those guys a bunch. Uh, you know, we came back and the whole time we were just kind of, we were kind of assholes to this guy. We were just kind of making fun of him. It was us three boys. Um, and then the season kicked off and we, Jumped all over UCLA. We flew down to USC. My name was being tossed about as probably the first or second overall pick after just one big performance. And he shows, he's from LA, shows up in my hotel there at, at, at when we were playing the USC Trojans. And he like corners me in one of the bathrooms, okay? This is the shadiness of all of this. And he has one of the agent player contracts with the NFLPA. So he's like, well, let's get this done. We'll, we'll post date it when the season's over. I just want some security here. And I was, I was freaking out. 
I'm like, I ain't going to fucking sign with you, man. I didn't, I won't say that to him. Uh, I was so fearful that he'd, he'd blow the whistle and, you know, every, you know, you're chaos, which my life would become even more. I was used to this kind of chaos. Well, anyway, like I just frantically like pretend I'm signing it. And if I remember correctly, I think I signed Donald Duck. I remember, I remember not signing my name purposely and putting something there, just giving it some so I could get out of the bathroom and then hopefully not see him again, you know? And the season went on. Um, I can't remember if I took any more money during the actual season. Um, but after the Rose Bowl and I um, told the world that I was, I was going to go pro after my junior year in my speech, um, I would say who my agent was. Now, late in the year, when the football season was over, all of a sudden, Coach Price said, I've got some interviews lined up with some of these agents that are going to be coming to the house. I want you over here at these times. So I'm like, okay, you were, you were doing something with this? So we had two interviews. Lee Steinberg showed up, and I was like, I don't want to meet fucking Lee Steinberg. He never reached out to me, and Coach Price goes, I reached out to all these agents, and I told them not to contact you until I was ready. And it turns out Lee Steinberg was the only one that listened because we had another guy who had been told the exact same thing. He came in with the interview and I've never seen coach. I've seen coach price yell, of course, but I've never seen him yell at somebody that wasn't a football player or something like that. He undressed this dude in the house, his professional agent, pretty much motherfucking him about you went against my wishes. You contacted him outside of that. You put him in jeopardy and everything like that. So Lee Steinberg was just the, the easy choice. I had him fly out to uh, Montana, meet the family. He shows up, hands me the phone, says, hey, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, uh, Drew Bledsoe, and uh, Warren Moon, uh, I want to talk to you on the phone. That was pretty much it, right? So when I filed the paperwork and I announced I was going pro, I announced Lee Steinberg was, was going to be my agent. Sure enough, you know, uh, I get a, a, a phone call. Um, a little bit later from this, this, this Jason Lucas. Um, and he said he was disappointed, of course. And it, it really, it didn't go as bad as I thought it was. Like that was always, there was always a chance that it wouldn't go his way, I guess. But, you know, I, I just didn't think about it. Like it was, life was moving forward. Life was going, it was, we're going to race. Um, but sure enough, my first year in San Diego, I started getting cryptic Texas and calls from this guy, even to the facility security. Um, and he wanted just, he wanted reimbursement. He wanted his 10 grand back. Um, and I would, didn't, I didn't know what he was going to do. Right. I mean, what happens in that? I mean, this is like, this is like a real, this, we could make a movie out of this probably guys, right? It's like cloak and dagger, like black bag stuff. And I said, fine, fucking just come down here. I'll, we'll go to an ATM. I'll give you a, at that time, I was a millionaire, so I was like, fucking 10 grand? What the hell? Here. Went to the bank, grabbed 10 grand, wrapped it in the 10 grand little thing, slapped it in his hand. I said, thanks for, you know, thanks. So I paid him back. I paid him back the money. Um, and then I never heard anything from him again, right? Just gone. Well, sure enough, when you, everything catches up to you, everything in this world. And... Uh, he became an agent, so he passed his test. He was a, a affiliated agent, but of course, he kept doing what he was always doing. And when he got caught and again, essentially like disbarred or removed from from being able to be an agent, he he ratted. 
he went to Sports Illustrated and it was a cover article. I think this was like 2011 or 10, 2011 or 10 is when he did this. And fucking, of course, you know, he named some of the guys. I think Santonio Holmes was one of them at Ohio State. Tony Banks, a quarterback that went to the St. Louis Rams at the time. And then, of course, me. Uh, my name got thrown under the bus because I was the highest drafted player that he he dished money out to, I guess. But ironically, I was the only fucker that ever actually paid him back. And he said that in the article, I guess. He said, Brian's the only one that actually paid me back. And I was just like, well, why did you throw me under the bus if I was the only guy that paid you back? Well, he needed, you know, a big name for the reporter, I guess, to, to do the story. And his 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 reasoning was at some point my kids are going to Google me and I want them to know that I did the right thing. And that made no fucking sense to me at all. Right. No sense to me at all. Well, do the, do the right thing. You got caught. So you rat out other people through the process. Those kids are going to be like, my dad's awesome. He rats people out. Love him. Um, anyway, like long story, long story. Um, that was my, that's my NIL experience. Everybody. If NIL would have existed through that whole thing, would I have ever taken any money? Because I would have been getting paid a six-figure six-figure uh, check from, from Nike? Probably not. But I suppose I have a fucking good story now to tell. And I can't believe I haven't told that story before. Anywhere. I was talking about it on my podcast that we're going to release here next fall. And I'm like, I got to tell my, I got to tell the RDL, RDL fans this. All right. Uh, and then the next time I'm on Eisen probably, and I probably should figure out the guy's name. I think it was J- Jason, Jason uh, Lucas, I, I think. Um, but now, now kids, you don't have to, you don't have to take shady money from an agent because you're a broke college kid. Just call Nike. They'll write a check for hundred grand for one year. Let's do it. Boom. All right. Let's bring in Jonathan and Sky. What do you think? What do you think of the shadiness of agents back 25 years ago? Hold on, hold on. There's a detail here that we can't just gloss over. Are we changing okay. the name to the Donald Duck show now? Because you, you <laughs> that apparently is your alias. Dude, I used some funny aliases when I was staying at hotels in my rookie year. I used Brad Pitt um, character names from his movies. I was I was Tristan Ludlow. I was uh, Paul McClain, uh, and I was Tyler Durden. Those were the three ones I used all the time, uh, from Legends of the Fall, Fight Club, and A River Runs Through It. I used those Brad Pitt names at hotels. My mom had them written on her cabinet door, so when she called the hotels, she opened it up, and she'd go through the list, like, is Sean Mc- is, is Paul McClain there? No, man, we don't have anybody there. Is Tyler Durden there? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um. I mean, look, and we're going to get into this with Kayvon Thibodeau here in a second. There's a, I mean, it's all of it. This is free market right now. Like this is, there is, this is a free for all with no regulation. What it looks like now is not going to be what it looks like in one year, two years, five years down the road. But there's some basis that's being set here that none of us know about, or none of us know what it's going to look like, but there's a foundation being set that's going to serve its purpose within all of this. Ryan, I have a question. Did you ever observe other players? take shady money under the table while you were in college? And what was the most egregious thing that you observed as a third party? 
never observed anything egregious. I just knew that, that, that the guy that was giving me money was talking to other guys too. So what was giving them money? You know, I knew that had to be the case. Um, I never, I never saw or was a part of the hundred dollar handshakes, you know, that didn't exist really at Washington state. Um, so I, you know, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you saw it. Um, you knew what was going on. If you were good enough, like if you were good enough and you knew you, if people knew that they could make money off you in the future, yeah, people were going to try to take advantage of that. Was so, there ever any jealousy? Like when, if you're not you, but like throughout locker rooms, right? Like, oh, that guy got paid this under the table. Were there, was there any envy from other athletes? I don't think so. If it was, it was, uh, it was hidden and didn't show its face until uh, I was in the NFL when I started to struggle because then they went back and did ask, did interviews with, form, with, you know, teammates of mine from college and guys who had never said a word about me and my personality or anything were just like, yeah, he was, you know, he was, you know, he was a, he was a fucking jerk here. And I just was like, I spent three years with you. You could have told me I was a fucking jerk to my face, like at any point, but you waited till the reporter comes when I'm, when I'm getting my ass beat by the media and by the NFL defenses to just, Dig the dig the grave a little bit deeper. That's where I think I noticed um, maybe some jealousy around. I don't think anybody knew I was getting money um, because it was not like I said. It was ten grand over almost two years. Right. You know, break that down, and it's probably what is that? At twenty four months, two hundred. Yeah, I mean, that's five grand a year. Oh, but, I thought that's what you were asking. Like month, like monthly, that's like monthly, like, what, like monthly as twenty four months. At ten grand, good luck. Well, let's we're, we're all part of the future. Oh, here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do twenty four. Twenty four. I'm gonna do ten grand divided by twenty four, and that's four hundred sixteen dollars a month, guys. So I wasn't like rolling in the benzo with my boys. All right, that's that shit wasn't happening. No, it may have paid for a, a four hundred sixteen dollar lease for a Benz back then. May have been possible. I fucking don't know. But but the, but. The reason I bring this up is because I'm wondering today now. In a, there in could a, be. There could Because let's get into that. Let's get okay. into that. I played golf with a business owner, uh, a national business owner on Wednesday. He has a clothing, athletic, leisure brand that is, is going to blow up. It's going to be, you know, the Lululemon uh, of America, I really do believe. I really do. And... Um, he always reaches out to me and be like, okay, this college player, what's, what's his, what's his outlook, everything like that. Well, he reached out and asked about Sam Howell the other day. And I said, you know, Sam, you know, Sam could arguably be um, the number two guy pro scouts are thinking about after Spencer Rattler next year. Right. That's, that's a reasonable uh, thing to think. So he's like, okay, so there's some substance there and we get in on the ground floor. Maybe he'll, he'll want to be a part of that uh, when he becomes a, you know, a high lottery draft pick, you know, a year from now. So they reached out. Uh, he's already got himself a marketing agent. Like most of these, I'm assuming, have found themselves marketing agents. But no one's really talked about that side of stuff in that NIL yet. A lot of people haven't talked about that they do have these branding agents now because the agent has been talking to my buddy, who's the owner of the business. Apparently, um, uh, and this is multiple clothing places but a multiple the marketing agent for for sam howe was asking for like sixty five thousand dollars um 
and also apparel or something like that. And I'm in like no one like people didn't show up to Tuscaloosa to watch Mac Jones last year. Like people showed up to Tuscaloosa to watch that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Devonte Smith, maybe, but that the team, right? College football isn't what it used to be 25 years ago. What I could have possibly demanded, right? There's a lot more money. Kayvon Thibodeau is a little different. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Is there a college player that could ask for that kind of money? And my answer to you is no. And then we listen and see Kayvon Thibodeau at Nike University, which is already there where you don't have to pay him anything. He's got the swoosh on. He's got the duck, everything. He lands a deal uh, on an NFT with Nike founder Phil Knight. And it's a six-figure deal. Is it? I think it's is seven that worth figures. It? I think it's seven figures, actually. I don't I think, think it's, it's a over a million dollars. dollars. I don't think it's a million dollars. In my sky, do you have the the number? I saw it, I saw it said six Was figures. It okay, it's it's up. I mean, it's it's close to it if it's not. Uh, six figure deal. So, um, is that is it worth it? I mean, he's already there. Here, the contract ends at the end of the year. It, it gets him in on the ground floor. They could be a Nike guy in the future when he goes pro. That's a lot of money. I think it's unique that it's that it's him and the position he plays. I mean, last year, I can't think of a player currently right now coming into this this season in college football, but last year you could argue that Trevor Lawrence would have been that guy who could ask whatever and get it um, if there was somebody because of the prestige and the hype we've had of him from middle school. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, I mean, again, I'm in Eugene. Like, I know the hype here, but in on the national scene – I can't imagine anybody, the common fan, even knows who he is. And he 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 is set to be, assuming he's healthy and everything works out. We always say this preseason, but he is set to be a top three pick, maybe one overall if these quarterbacks don't pan out, whatever it is. So Phil Knight's getting ahead of it and, you know, number one prospect in the 2022 NFL draft potentially. So Phil Knight's ahead of it. But again, but I think something- having a defensive end be that guy off the bat there, with this being new is surprising but, to me. But there's but there's something more to this. This is an investment in the University of Oregon because sure, now kids are going to be saying, and this is where the oh, discrepancy. That's, that's a hell of a truth there, this, right? Yeah. This is a, this is where the discrepancy comes in because now you know the top five. Just Justin Flo is going to be another guy after Kayvon's gone, who's probably going to fill that spot. Now you're going to have the top recruits all across the country, and they're like Alabama. Well, I'm only going to get. 400,000, but at Oregon, Nike, who paid Kayvon Thibodeau X amount of hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars, like this is a foundation to put Oregon on the map for the top players for as long as possible. And it's going to be very hard for other universities. Mm -hmm. Like how does, how does Washington compete with that? How even USC, like this is where, this is where being a coach at these universities is really important because now well, that's why, that, well, that's why, like, that's why, like Dre established a freaking university there, uh, like a, a whole department there that's at USC. Now, now, so now Dre beats comes out and says, I'm going to, you know, we're going to pay the USC quarterback a million dollars a year, you know, right. type of thing. But that's also where coaches at other schools have to be resilient in trying to connect their recruits with players in the area to get them, to get them that opportunity. How? How crazy is this? Well, Bill Powell, our buddy from the show here, just says Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral Heisman is asking. Heisman is asking. Hey, I called this game two years ago. Uh, Southern California and, native. I'm speaking to this team. I'm speaking to the Ole Miss here in August, so I'll see him uh, firsthand. 
I'll size him up and tell you whether or not he's a first rounder or a 10K guy an hour. <laughs> an hour? What does that mean? Is it like on Cameo? He's asking for 10 grand an hour on Cameo? What's what's going on? Is that playing hours? Is that every hour he's alive? Like, how does that work? Also, do you think marketing agents are going to absolutely destroy these kids with the percentages that they're asking for? Yes. Um, because no. That's the other th- you no. Don't think so? You know how many marketing agents are out there going? They're going to. He's going to get, you know, you, they'll, whittle, they'll whittle him down. They'll get, like, you know, as low as possible with these guys. And they're saying, well, I'm not worrying about that. You don't think a marketing agent is going to go after 30% of whatever a kid makes? Yeah, I disagree. They may, but I'm not signing that contract with them. Okay, you might not, but these there are some dumb kids. I'm not saying they're dumb, but there are some very They're 19, they're 19 years old, man. I mean, they're 20 years yeah. old. What the hell? I mean, if their parents as somebody has to say, As soon as somebody has to say this, hey, this guy's going to – you're going to get $10 from these guys. This dude's going to take three of those dollars away from you. And you're like, for what? I, you know, that's interesting. I, I I disagree because I think that so many of these kids. No. I, I think that no a lot way. of these kids that haven't haven't had anything until now, now they're able to make money yeah. doing it. Uh, they're signing marketing a contract to sign a contract. If you're a kid out there, do not sign a marketing deal that gives the agent more than 10%. I was going to say 12, but yeah. No, no, don't do it anywhere. Your agent who signed your $30 million deal gets 3%. All right. Your marketing agent who's soliciting you and going to sell you differently, they can get 10. They want more than that. Hit the road, Jack. But the problem got- is, Ryan, is that they're going to be kid. There's going to be a kid at Bowling Green who doesn't have a choice, right? He's it's going to be the only agent that's interested in this kid. And he's going to be like, yeah, but I'm not. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, if the Bowling Green kid uh, is out there and the guy, Wants to sign him for thirty percent and can we'll get him a ten grand, ten grand deal, and he'll take seven of it. Okay, okay. But I mean, if you have, if you have, if you have more than one marketing agent coming at you, like if you have more than one, then you find you find the one that you 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 take bids. That's sure. what you do. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 that is totally the case. And of course, you're going to play the market if you if you can and know what you're doing. But again, I was just saying that in general, the the grand scheme of things with college athletes now. There's going to be so many of these kids flying under the radar who are looking to get anything for their family to help out because, again, most of them don't go pro anyway. So this is the opportunity to get it. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I grew up, you know, pretty, uh, you know, very blue collar. If I was playing baseball and anybody offered me straight up any amount of money to play baseball, you bet your ass I'm taking yep. whatever they're offering pretty much straight up. I mean, why not? Right. And if you're not a stud athlete like Thibodeau or Trevor Lawrence or somebody that, you know, you have a chance at the next level to actually make, you know, life changing money for, for generations, then I'm taking, I mean, five grand, whatever. It's a, it's like a low level scholarship. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, thanks. But I think that's, that's going to be most of the case. And that's, but that's where you, and then you go, you go and you do your thing and it's like, well, in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have taken that because sure. there's something. And, and that's where, the the Eric King and uh, I forgot the other quarterback he's working with that little that that group down in Miami that mm-hmm. that started the the foundation to help student athletes get paid. That's where I think that that's genius because they're not going to screw over their fellow athletes ra- rather than you know ICM sending out a marketing agent and trying to get fifteen percent. I think that the groups that are out there made by like there's also an app called Walk On. That, that is out there that matches. It literally is an algorithm. You put a pitch in and then it, it matches you with businesses and the businesses send you offers. Like it's stuff like that where I think that these athletes can do it either themselves or in congruence with each other rather than going to a, a big agency or going to a publicist and trying to get or marketing agent and trying to get it through it that way. So I just think that like they just have to be, they have to be surrounded by smart enough people that to know 
how to maximize their value. That's the biggest thing here. And that's where I think we're going to see a lot of discrepancy in this, in this whole process. Well, it's been fun because uh, all the shadiness is out in the open and you don't have to experience Ryan Leaf's 25 years ago storyline with, uh, with having to sign. How much would you make if you were, if you were in the same exact position you were 25 years ago, how much do you think you would have been, you would make off of that NLI? Uh, if I got if I got thirty million dollars to sign to play pro pro football, let's say I made ten percent of that, three million dollars probably. That's amazing. Yeah, that's insane. Probably three million dollars would probably be what I what I what I had a chance at in, in college that final year. If I and all I settled for was fucking ten grand, boy, I'm not very smart, boys. I'm not very smart at all. The guy that was trying to sell me on on being his agent, getting away with it for ten grand. That's the smart guy, right? Uh, yeah. That's the smart guy. <laughs> the cunning All guy. right. Uh, so Jonathan wasn't here. I passed my one-year anniversary with Sunfair. And whoo! I weighed myself today, everybody. 225. That I looked up at the I looked up the press, the media guide from my uh, sophomore year of college. 228. I am below my sophomore year of college weight. Everybody fighting weight. I didn't even have abs when I played football. I was just a big mass of, like, Play-Doh. I have abs at 45. You know why? Sunfair. Personalized, delivered, healthy meals to your door. You guys got to do this. They've been around since I came into the NFL in 1997. They will be in my life moving forward. It's simple. If you're in the Phoenix or L.A. area, go through the sign-up process on sunfair.com. Once you get to the Enter Your Information page, you need to select Carl Farrow. As your sales representative, unbelievable man, been with me through step by step through the whole deal. And then select the Ryan D. Leaf show about where you heard it. Ten percent off. Uh, that's huge. Look at how much money you spend on eating out, on groceries, and on delivery services. I knew I spent a ton, and it was bad, shitty food, and my body took the brunt of it. I looked at that from what the year looked like before. I looked at what the price would be for me to do this for a year. And I said, it's a no-brainer. You're investing in yourself. Best possible money you can spend. If you're in the Los Angeles or Phoenix area, you need to do it now. It's all about the food. It changes your life. It's changed mine. I am more healthy. I am more mentally aware. Um, I articulate what I have to say much more fluently than I ever did before. Like with a few more expletives. With yeah, but I was always I always I always <laughs> said fuck a lot. So that hasn't changed much. The food is amazing. You guys got to go try it out. All right. All right. The NBA. All right. Sky and I talked about this on Wednesday. Um, whether or not, you know, you know, we never knew, truly know in the finals. Because if you go back to the Cavs and Warriors finals, like one team would win by 30. And the next day you're like, oh, there's no one beating the Warriors. And then the freaking Cavs would beat them by 30. And they'd bounce back and forth like that until game seven. And then it would be a tight game. So you never knew. So I didn't quite know, would Milwaukee bounce back and, and have an answer for Phoenix? No, they didn't have an answer for Phoenix. No matter how good Giannis was, 40-plus points, 20-plus um, rebounds, was it, or something like that? Yeah, it's I can't remember. 42 and 12. So dude is, dude is, dude is special, um, but they just they – need, they need more from uh, – Holiday you know, they need, yeah, flat out more from holiday, period. So, and DeAndre Ayton 
that whole team, they are a team. I, this is the type of thing that you don't see happen very much where a team comes together like this, like it's the nucleus and Mo Williams is right at the heart of it. And he knows what buttons to push the right way. And Chris Paul is kind of that, that, that floor general, general, the better players are actually behind him and younger, but Chris gets a lot of the credit because he's, he's been able to manipulate and, and I shouldn't say manipulate. That's a bad word. He's been he able elevates, to kind of he elevates, elevates and moves the chess pieces to where it was. I don't know. You know, I suppose they, they, they could just fall for a game in Milwaukee. I get it. But I also wouldn't be incredibly surprised if they played a, a great couple games in Milwaukee and find a way to sweep this. I hope they don't. I hope they get to take it back to Phoenix yeah. and win the title in Phoenix. But I don't see any other way than Phoenix becoming the NBA champion this year because of how well they're playing together right now. Yeah, I mean, they may just have to do what the, the Tampa Bay Lightning did up in Winnipeg and just drop a game. Or, sorry, Montreal, just drop a game on purpose so that way they could go home and win the Stanley Giants Cup Giants and there. Warriors did it, too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and look, this the comp I use with the Spurs team is is the OG Greg Popovich – or, sorry, the Suns team is the OG Greg Popovich Spurs teams, right? The Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili team. Like, this team is so fundamentally sound. And Chris – I mean, Chris Paul, he's not – he is not the like the quote best player on this team, but he's the best player on this team. Like this, this team is not like when he was out. This team did struggle a little bit, right? Because but they still won without him, right? They still won. They're still a great team, but but this team, their identity is is centered around Chris Paul, and what Chris Paul can do. I mean, this guy is the most dynamic player right now in the NBA, and his ability, like you said, to elevate the players around him and also score on his own, right? Like the the Bucks don't know what to do with him. They threw Bobby Portis at him, and he just drains a straightaway three in his face. And then they throw Drew Holiday at him, and then they shade a double, and Chris Paul finds DeAndre Ayton down low. And, like, this guy is reading things defensively before they even happen. And that that is something that we don't really see from most point guards in the NBA. I think the is, Bucks are going to take is – this, Is this maybe one of the most deserved – players to yes. for a title out there yes. right now like when you when you at look at football when you looked at football i thought like like tony romo deserved to win a title just for how good he was and on, on the team he just was never on a on a great team right um but he was one of those quarterbacks that i thought you know he, he deserves a championship dan marino never got one charles barkley never got one it's 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 as our boy charlie moss throws it out there it's cp3 time everybody cp3 time What's up, Chuck? I'm sorry I couldn't see you in Chicago, my guy. Um, I would here. Here's the deal: Chris Paul has every single team that he's been on. Okay, starting in New Orleans, Houston, Oklahoma City, supposed to go to Lakers, Clippers, and then um, Phoenix. He has, on average, the team that he has gone to has their winning percentage has gone up like 32 percent, which is unbelievable. Like most of all time of an impact of any player. So. It's never Chris Paul's fault that his team doesn't go far. It's everybody else's fault. They have wasted him on the previous teams. Like that Clippers team, when Blake Griffin and, and with Chauncey Billups and DeAndre Jordan, that was the best shot previously. Before that, yeah, he had David West on, on the New Orleans teams, but apparently him and Monty Williams weren't that good, of, weren't that close and on good terms in New Orleans that last two years. So it was kind of wasted there. Houston was a waste. Oklahoma City was just a transition. This guy, like this is the perfect team. For him to go and not have his not they're not wasting what he brings to the table. He is in my mind, I like you said, like Tony Rome, like there are some guys out there. I cannot think of a guy in the NBA that is more deserving than Chris Paul. Like ever in my lifetime 
of an NBA championship because of what not only what he's done, like, yeah, there are guys that don't like him. Yeah, he can be a little petty here and there, but welcome to competitive sports. Like, everybody's petty at, at some point, right? So, like, we can get lost in all of that, or we can actually sh- see the true um, depth of what the true progression that he's done for the game of basketball, right? And, and at the end of the day, like, it has to be appreciative, appreciated, but it's only like, it's only right for him to get that ring. That's that's the truth. So, what I, I want the Bucks to win for the market, but I want Chris Paul to win for the storyline. What's what's the only thing that gets in it's in the way of the Suns being NBA champions this year? Injuries or Chris Middleton doing what he did in the conference finals against the the Sixers or sorry, not the Sixers, the Hawks. Because Chris Middleton, if you remember, they dropped the first game. Game two was really close, but Chris Middleton had like 38 points. And then that's when things started to become more consistent with the role players on the scene. Now, Chris Middleton's not a role player. Really, he should be a co-star. Were they a better team when Giannis was out? No, absolutely not. Because Giannis... They dominated, they dominated both those Hawks teams like it was nothing. But the thing is, is that this is... That Hawks team is not a defensive team. This Suns team is a defensive team. And by the way, PJ Tucker, as much as as phenomenal as he is and what he brings to the table, has absolutely no purpose in this series. They don't know what to do with him. And same with same with um what's his name? With Lopez. Like they literally like uh what's his they what's the coach of the Mike Budenholzer. Coach Bud literally had four different stretches where he would just pull their centers out because there was no, like they couldn't compete defensively and offensively. They were liabilities. So like what Charlie's saying, Suns over Hawks. I agree because the, the Suns provide a level of defense that we didn't see in the Eastern conference. We didn't see it with the 76ers. We didn't see it with the bucks before this series. Like this is a team that is so fundamentally sound on both ends of the floor that it's causing problems for the bucks. Now, do they have the talent to overcome it? Absolutely. We lost guy here for a sec. Um, whether or not they actually are able to overcome it down 2-0, I don't know. I don't think they will. I think they'll lose in six. But this team has the talent to do it. They've proven it. And I don't know, man. Like, Giannis, this guy also deserves it. He Does he, does he deserve it more than Chris Paul at this point in his career? Probably not. Does, does the city of Milwaukee deserve a championship as much as the city of Phoenix does? Absolutely. So it comes down to who wants it more. I think that Chris Paul wants it more than anybody's ever wanted a finals before. And that's what's going to bring this team uh, to victory in this postseason. How crazy would it be to, to do it uh, in a place that never won a championship after him bouncing around places that, that everybody thought it was going to be different? Um, it, just, it just adds on to them, to his amazing legacy. Resume. Yeah. Sky jumped away really quick to go grab uh, himself an athletic brew. He was like, ah, oh, this is getting fucking good. I need to, I need something to drink here. Um, so he brought out his – he's got two of them. He, he's got two of them there. I like it. I like it. Um, uh, athletic Brew, everybody. Non-alcoholic beer. Uh, some of the great taste, less filling, but without any of the consequences. Uh, athleticbrewing.com. Go there. Uh, brew without compromise. Uh, order your first two six-packs, and you'll get 10% off your delivery uh, by mentioning the RDL show. Try it now. It's great. Uh, as you can see, Sky had to go uh, jump off air real quick and grab a couple of beers to enjoy the rest of this show. Um, all right, let's move into some baseball. Padres didn't look like they were going to have a chance in hell last night, and then all of a sudden they get back in the game. My man, uh, Jonathan Rifkin, was in the audience 
for the walk-off. You know what it's time for, boys. Tatis band. It's time for the Tatis band. <laughs> is, is that beautiful? Does he wear a top? Does he wear a band? Oh, like yeah. that? Is that why? The official headband of Fernando Tatis. I'm doing it wrong. There yeah, it's a, it's a big one. All right, so you made comments about this, right? The the San Diego Padres rookie reliever, Daniel, uh, how do you pronounce it, Camarena? Camarena. Camarena hits a grand slam off off Max Scherzer. It wasn't off like, you know, some some nobody, right? He hits it off Max On Scherzer. you count, by the way. It was a terrible Man. pitch also. It was a horrible pitch, and okay. he yacked it. Well, it I expect, he expected that if he threw it, the, the guy wouldn't hit it. Grand Slam dinger off him. Exactly. Uh, but you also mentioned he's a local product. Is he from he went, Cathedral? He's from Catholic, and he Cathedral went to Catholic. Cathedral Catholic High School, which is formerly okay. the University of UCSD High School, which is where Phil Mickelson went also, fun fact. Well, uh, it's where both my little cousins went, too. They both went to Cathedral. There so um, They were there when Kenny Still was there. That's so sad, uh, actually. Chris Padres, yeah. Padres overcome eight-run deficit and win on a walk-off single in the ninth inning uh our our yours truly um jonathan rifkin was in attendance give us the lowdown man well first of all second walk-off i've seen in a week i was at Coors last week when they walked off against the cardinals um i was at wrigley in between those two games and the cubs got slapped by the phillies 13 to 2 in that game they finally won by the way yes they did (laughs) man what a brutal game that was awful i mean we left in the eight it was so bad anyways it was great to be at wrigley wrigley's a special place but uh Coors and peco are the two best baseball fields and like oh my god course was amazing um anyways here's the deal trey turner had two home runs in this game and nobody's talking about it like that's how there were and also by the way this game would the padres would have lost um if nick cronenworth the second baseman who was probably the best defensive second base arguably one of the best defensive second basemen in baseball right now he had this insane catch where every single person in the ballpark thought that this ball was going over his head there was a runner at third with two outs and that was going to be the go-ahead run in the eighth inning for the padres and this guy hit the double b on the nintendo like he's mario and super <laughs> mario brothers and just like we saw saw that tatis catch the other day this guy did that but he dove also and it was unbelievable. It changed the energy of the game. But this guy, Daniel Camarena, comes in here. He's a rookie who is 28 years old. He was drafted in 2011 by the Yankees. He, is, he didn't have a major league debut until this year, 2021. He got called up in 2013, was sent back down the next day. And that was the only opportunity that he had. This was his second ever at bat. He was 0 for 1. It's a 2-2 count. And by the way, this is the first reliever to hit a grand slam for his first hit since 1889. Jonathan, coming with it. I love it. Yeah. So the storylines in this game are unbelievable. Yes, they wanted a walk-off. Yes, there were incredible catches. Out there in center, there's a – I forgot who made it um, for the Nationals, but there was an insane catch there as well. But this is – I mean, this is the story of baseball. This is is a sports center top play of the day yesterday. I mean – and to and to have his family in attendance, to have the the Petco fans going crazy. And by the way, this was to avoid uh, t- dropping three or four to the Nationals, who are not a good team right now. Oh. It was pretty special. It was really and, really special to be a part and, of. And uh, the Padres, baby, these this team is sick. This team is sick. Jonathan, well done. You know I love my eighteen hundreds stats. Nice <laughs> job. Um, how how often in general, just just everyday baseball, how often does a relief pitcher even get up in at bat? Never. This day no, and age, in this day, this day in baseball, they play. Yeah, shit for yeah. You're you're lucky if you finish an inning anymore. Especially when you got the bases loaded, you're like, let's put somebody in who we know can probably exactly. put a bat on the ball. And, 
and that's exactly what the conversation was. I was sitting with a group of very knowledgeable baseball well, fans. They seem like very – they could have just been drunk, but some very knowledgeable <laughs> baseball fans. Um, and, and everybody was saying, like, why aren't they pinch hitting? And I, and I made the point because um, they had to pull uh, – Double switch. What was who was the pitch? I can't believe I'm forgetting the starter. They had so many pitchers in the game. It was it was uh what's his name? Former Dodger came from the Cubs. You all know who I'm talking about. Thank you. Yo, you Darvish. Darvish it was Darvish versus Scherzer. Darvish had his worst outing of the season. They pulled him after the third inning. So everybody's like, why aren't they pinch pinch hitting for this reliever? Well, because they weren't expecting this reliever to have to be in this early. And if you need a pinch hitter later in the game, you can't shorten your bench. Well, it turned out that you you don't put a pinch hitter in. Like this was the this dumbest and and smartest managerial decision that I have ever seen in my life, and at the end of the day, like that was a seven run inning. That by the way, Tatis started off with a home run. That again, nobody is talking about because there were just so many other amazing storylines in this game. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was good good vibes in San Diego. Next good time, next time, you, next time you're using props in the show, just have it just have it at your right hand there. You know, you don't have to jump up and run off to up up off camera. Well, I wasn't it. expecting to have to wear it, and then I felt I felt the urge to real quick. So, anyways, all right, all right. Well, apparently uh, he was uh, he was eating some uh, some Petco food and dousing it with some bomb banana. Oh, all right, bacon hot a uh, double bacon hot dog, baby. Yep, with some bomb banana. Bomb banana, not to be confused with banana flavored, everybody. Banana based. Go to seekthespice.com. Uh, you have a choice of two bottles, right? The one on the on on my left is uh, um, a less mild um, version of it in the white bottle. And in the red, you get the Mui Mui, which is a little more spicy. I like them both. Uh, just depends on what mood I'm in. Go to seekthespice.com. That's seekthespice.com. All one word. And today you can receive 10% off your first order by using the promo code LEAF. That's L-E-A-F, like on a tree, when you get to check out. Try it out. Bomb banana. Seekthespice.com. All right. Q&A. All right. Uh, we uh, did a Ask Ryan Anything. Uh, so there are going to be a different uh, amount of questions here. The first one we have here is, what's your opinion on Nick Rolovich? Question one, how do you think he'll do in his first full season? Question two, well, Nick Rolovich um, was on my short list that Pat Chun asked me for when he reached out two years ago uh, when Mike Leach up and left for Mississippi State. Uh, he was uh, incredibly qualified. I had covered him uh, at Hawaii when he played Nevada during the year, uh, our conversation with him before the broadcast. Uh, what he was doing with the talent that he had there. I thought if he had an organization or a football program with the talent that you can get in the Pac-12, wow, look what he can do with his run-and-shoot offense. And uh, I had Brian Harson at the very top. Clearly, you know, he was he was bound for Auburn. So, And I had Steve Sarkeesian uh, third on there. And where's he at? He's at Texas. So it's a pretty damn good list. Um, but I think the Cougars got the right fit. You have to be a bit of an eccentric person to hold the job in Pullman. I really do believe that Mike Price was that way. Um, you know, Paul Wolf and Bill Dobo were kind of just more in the gray, which is nothing wrong with that. They just didn't have much success because you kind of have, you just have to be a little out there to get the recruits to come to little old Pullman, Washington, uh, to, to be a little different. And Nick has that. Nick is an eccentric. He is a, a bit of a bad boy. I feel like that uh, is a hell of a coach. Um, a really, really good mindset. 
Uh, the kids love them. That's a big switch from what Mike Leach was like there. Kids didn't really love them. They liked winning. Everybody likes winning. But, um, and that means there's expectation because Nick could be the greatest guy in the world and everybody love him. But if this team's not getting to eight, nine wins like Mike Leach's teams are and are not going to bowl games, that's the expectation that's been set. And uh, I'm, I got to be, I got, I'm uh, participating with the Pac-12 media day here at the end of the month, uh, January, or sorry, July 27th, I believe it is. 27th. And uh, here at the, the W Hotel here in, in Hollywood. Uh, and it's going to be good to be back. I haven't been back since two years ago because of COVID. Um, that's going to be one of my questions to him. going to be like, do you, do you realize and understand like the expectations that are, that are now at Washington State? Because when you, like when Mike Leach came in for Paul Wolf, like there was not a, there was not an expectation anywhere. We're like, if you could get us to, if you could get five wins, you'll, we'll love you. <laughs> right. And that, and, and sure enough, you know, right away out the gate in year two, Mike Leach gets them to the New Mexico bowl. And that's became the thing. Now what got tiresome with Mike Leach is that he didn't put a lot of onus on the Apple cup. Nick Rolovich has already remedied that he's talked about it. He's making it a priority. It's going to be huge. That's a big part of it. There was a mindset of mine. Like if we had a tough year and we didn't go to a bowl game, if we lost every freaking game and the only one we won was the Apple Cup, that would make our season a success. Yep. And people just don't they don't they don't get that anymore. And and it made sense to me. So how do you I think he'll do in his first all season? Well, I think the Pac-12 is going to be pretty stacked. And in the North, I think Oregon. There's question marks there because we don't know who's going to play quarterback. They have a new defensive coordinator. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Washington. And if it is the guy that played a year ago, he's never played a game in, on the road. Not once yet in his career. They played all their games at home last year during COVID. Um, Stanford, I think, is going to be good. I think David Shaw is going to uh, rebuild that that are without a quarterback, which is big, with, which I thought would have been huge for him to come back. Oregon State has just improved every single year with Jonathan Smith. Um, Cal. Cal is back, right? Chase Garbers is back. This team, Justin Wilcox and his defense, the North is loaded. So it's going to make it really difficult for this Washington State football team. That's why the expectations are huge. They have the best running back uh, around in the Pac-12 right now, Max Morgie. He was out almost the entire year last year uh, due to an injury, a back injury. Uh, he's got a real good shot uh, in that run-and-shoot offense to be incredibly potent. All right. Also for my boy, Eric. Also, who's winning the Pac-12 in football this year? Um, right now, I'm going right to say it's USC, simply because it's, there's, there's the most consistency there. They have the offensive coordinator back. They have the apparently a Heisman Trophy first-round talent quarterback coming back. I don't – Can I pause you right there? Everybody apparently has a Heisman Trophy court, potential quarterback. Like – like it's ridiculous. Any site you Oregon go on, does? every every the Pac-12 though. Like, like Oregon Pac does. What? Oregon does? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that every team. I'm saying that there's a. I'm Anthony Brown is not a Heisman contending quarterback. No, you're saying so, you're saying the hype overall about all these quarterbacks. The hype over everything is always yeah, there. Yeah, but not I, in the Pac-12. Like, like, is is Keaton Slovis going to be better than DJ Uyunglele and Sam Howe? Probably not. Like, I just. I, these, oh, you're not. You don't have to sell me, man. You don't have to sell me on it. I'm just. I told you a year ago that that we, no one would have ever heard of Keaton Slovis if JT Daniels doesn't blow his knee out. Yeah. So 
you know, that's just, that's just the case, but I, their defensive coordinator after one year in that defensive improvement, I think they're the most talented as they're the most talented team every year. I wouldn't maybe, I would argue maybe that this year with Oregon and what they've been able to build through their recruiting model. Um, I just have too many unanswered questions in Eugene. Wouldn't surprise me if, if Oregon's the team once again and wins their third consecutive Pac-12 championship. But right now, uh, if I was a betting man, uh, which I am, and I was putting money out there, um, I would put it on the USC Trojans right now to be the Pac-12 champions. Uh, it'd be the first time it ever happened um, in, the, in, the, in the history of the Pac-12 conference. Um, but we'll see. Right now, that's where I'm going with. Uh, it could easily be shifted, especially after week two, when the Oregon Ducks make that fateful trip Ryan, are to we Columbus. Doing a, are we going to do season three of Believe in the Pac-12 this year? Of course. Wonderful. Um, because I'm, I'm going to clip this, and we're going to have to play it on there the first episode. I'm curious. Let me ask you something. So this Arizona State thing basically got swept under the rug. It's not even swept under the rug. What, what basically happened? No, it's being investigated right now. It's being investigated but, right but, now. But all that I've, at least, and maybe you've heard something else. What I've heard on my end is that they just had recruits coming in in dead periods, and they had practices when they weren't supposed to have practices. Is that really enough to sanction this program to a point where it's going to impede their ability to win the Pac-12? It's more than that. There's a This is the tip of the iceberg. Um, you don't have fellow coaches commenting on something that is mini, as menial as that, if that's the case. You don't have David Shaw actually going on network news to talk about it. There's something that is below the surface here that hasn't been leaked or that hasn't been commented on. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just speculating because we've never seen that type of reaction from a from an athletic director and a, a head coach, a tenured head coach in this conference, I, especially against Herm Edwards. That it, it seems it, it seems that it can't be quite this trivial. But if it is, and to your point, if it's those things, they're going to get yeah, they're going to get a little slap on the wrist as well. They should for doing things, especially during a pandemic, for sure. And then they're going to be Arguably the best team in the South with Jaden Daniels and that crew. I don't know, but they easily could be. And if that's the case, um, you know, when you look at the South, you got Utah, who has, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to beat. Charlie Brewer can do the things that he did in Baylor at Utah. They're going to be really tough. The South is going to be Arizona State, USC, and Utah. Um, no once again, DTR. you know me, that, that train, that train is never leaving the station. Yeah. I don't care how good they are. It's just, it's just, you, you are asking a guy who invented the wheel to reinvent the wheel again. Um, Chip Kelly was amazing. Everybody caught up to him. Now he has got to develop a whole new thing and he, he can't do it. He, he can't do it. You, you know, it doesn't matter how genius you are. Sometimes you can only come up with one genius concept in your life. And what he should have done is just kept his ass at Oregon and ran it and ran it till the wheels fell off, you know, and won a national championship there. But it didn't. So as as excited as people are in Westwood, it's still going to be difficult. It's still going to be difficult uh, for this team. They have not gotten to the threshold to go to a bowl game. All right. Is Scott Frost officially on the hot seat Bring in Nebraska? back to the Pac-12. Um, I don't know. It's been a literal disaster. Uh, 
I'd love to have that kind of disaster and get an extension through the process. But once again, it was associated with Bill Moose. And what does Bill Moose love to do? He loves the cowardly exit. Just to like, I when things get tough, I'm out of here. Did the same thing in Pullman when Washington State was struggling uh, and dealing with some things. He up and left. Um, normally don't say things about alumni because once a coog, always a coog. But he kind of fucked us. And uh, he did the same thing to the Cornhuskers here. Where trying to battle him through it, get him through it. He had a year left on his contract. No, he's out. So um, he he really made Oregon what Oregon is today. He turned it into Nike University. He knew that there was a branding opportunity for Phil Knight and did amazing things there. Um, I just wish the rest of his career would have followed and and, I mean, and UC, suit. His time at UCF was really dominant too, but that's UC, right. It's not it's not on the same level that you would expect when you go to Nebraska, right? Like that's where, Well, right. I mean, that's you, you, you would think, right. You're going to be able to recruit better, I mean, you know, through the grapevine, we've heard some things like he was able to recruit better athletes at UCF than he has been able to at Nebraska. And it, in that's, that's Florida. I get it. You know, I understand it. It's tough. You're not, you're not running the wing T anymore with the cornbread white boys from Nebraska leading the way, paving the way, you know? So, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know if he's on the hot seat. He just got an extension. In his mind, he's like, yeah, shit, you know, if they want to toss me off this hot seat, I'll just cash these checks for a while and call it a day, right? Who's, who's um, more at risk, Chip Kelly or Scott Frost? Chip Kelly. I don't think if Chip Kelly gets to a bowl game this year that he's long for that job. Yeah. Because if you tell me four years into the Chip Kelly, because if you guys remember the hire for Chip Kelly, like Florida was all in. Like this was a huge discussion he goes to a place and for four seasons or three and a half with a shortened COVID season you don't win more than five games at any year how is that how is that not a situation where you go okay we have to re-examine what this looks like you know this is not a free pass for us to be mediocre and I wouldn't even say mediocre bad right two years ago you know one of the victories was just handed to him by Washington State Still really pissed off about that. All right. Love you all. Have a great summer vacation from the RDL show. Um, we love you guys. 52 shows. You guys have hung in there. Um, we're getting bigger. We're getting better. And when we get back, it's really going to be on. Football season is going to be uh, full go. Uh, I'll be in Canton for the inductions at the beginning of August. See my, my Heisman Trophy compadres. Uh, get inducted into the Hall of Fame, Peyton Manning and, and Charles Woodson, excited for that. For everybody out there who has been with us uh, through this year, the start of it, we thank you. We're grateful for you. Uh, from Sky to Jonathan to Charlie, appreciate you all. Have a great summer vacation. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go lay on the beach in Mexico. Be jealous, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.